Let us pray. Most loving and gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for this day. We pray that your Holy Spirit would open our hearts to hear your voice. Lord, may your word be spoken and your word received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the section of the Gospel that we hear this morning, we hear of the proclamation of John the Baptist and his call to prepare the way for the Lord. And we hear about this baptism that John is performing in the Jordan, a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And this would uh, not necessarily in itself be new um, because there was in this baptism this symbolism of coming to cross through the waters. And in the work of John the Baptist, there's a couple images that connect us to several things that have already happened in salvation history. I think one of the themes that John the Baptist's proclamation captures for us is that he's calling out in the midst of the wilderness. The wilderness, a place that's meant to conjure up images in our heads of, of disorder, of things that are not right. This theme of wilderness that the people of Israel would have understood as the people of old wandered through the wilderness before reaching the promised land. And John's call in the wilderness in a lot of ways harkens back right back to the creation story by which God moved over the disorder and brought everything into order in creation. So all of these themes are present as John the Baptist is calling people to again return to the Lord, cross through the waters by which God will bring them out of bondage into freedom, out of slavery into sin, into new life, just like he did in the exile. Once again, return to the water come through. And that's the same theme that we in our services of baptism proclaim that God moves us through that water, bringing us from death and destruction in disorder into order and new life. Moving through that water, dying with Jesus in his death and thereby rising out of the water again into a new beginning. That is still celebrated every time that we have a baptism, this call to return and repent. Because John the Baptist is proclaiming there's coming a day when everyone will see the salvation of God. And as we move through this Advent season and began to talk about last week, we know that we're longing for that day when everyone will see. Because that's the promise at the return of Jesus in the end, that every eye will be opened, everyone will hear, everyone will see that Jesus is Lord and every knee shall bow. That's the fulfillment of things to come. And then we too, like John the Baptist, need to heed the call, will prepare the way for the coming King. 
And there are a couple of ways that we go about this preparation. First and foremost, we need to take a look at our own lives and say, where do we need to return to the Lord? Where are we in need of change and transformation? And that personal repentance is the theme that connects so well with that reading from Malachi, whereby we hear that God is like a refiner's fire. And what we know in that refining process is the metal is heated up. And what happens in that process, all the impurities rise to the top and are scooped off. And the process is repeated and repeated and repeated until all that's left is the precious metal alone. And it's that same way that God works in our life on the Christian journey. That the Holy Spirit's job is to, to show us those things in our lives that don't line up to the image of Jesus. And then little by little, God works on those things in our lives, bringing those impurities up to the top, up to the surface, so that he can scoop them out and the process continues. Until, in the end, what's left is the perfect image of Jesus Christ in you and in me. That's the discipleship sanctification process that's ongoing. And as I said last week, many of us would like that to be kind of like a light switch where everything goes from impurities, pure, done. Uh, but we know that's not the process. It's not the refining process of the fire. Things have to be heated up. It takes time. The process has to get re, uh, be repeated until finally you arrive at that pure metal. Finally, we arrive at the pure image of Christ in us because that's the fulfillment of what God is trying to do. Now, we may hear that, and that may not sound like good news, and if we think that we have to do this all on our own, that's also more hopes that the law is going to save us, and if I just do enough right things, and I just repent in the right way, and I take care of all my impurities, well, the good news of the gospel is you can't do that by yourself. First of all, without the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't even recognize that there's an impurity in need of changing. The Spirit shows us that. And then it's the Spirit's work in us that brings about the transformation day by day. And in fact, the good news of the gospel, Paul nails when he writes to the Philippians and says, well, this is what I'm confident of. That he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That's the good news. That's our confidence that God started the work and God's going to finish the work. Paul didn't say, I'm confident that God began this good work and now you try really hard and hopefully you'll get it right by the end. That would not be good news of the gospel. That would be crushing. And we'd be here week after week saying, I try, but I can't do it. And that's true. But the good news of the gospel is we don't have to. Now, we do have to bring ourselves before the Lord. We do have to listen for the voice of God. We do have to respond to the Spirit's prompting in our lives. But we don't bring it to completion. God does. And it's God who began that work at our very own baptisms. 
When we rose to that new life in Christ, He began the work and we were sealed with the Spirit and it's God's promise to bring it to completion when He returns again. And so our job is to daily to bring ourselves into God's presence. To look in the mirror and say, do I look like Jesus? And may the Lord show us all the ways that we don't. And then may the Spirit begin working in our lives as God scoops away little by little those impurities as they rise to the top. That's that first stage of preparation for us to prepare the way of the Lord. Now the second stage also makes us uncomfortable because it's our responsibility to go forth into the community, into our families and schools and workplaces and share the good news of God. To share the news what Jesus has done for us. Because there's a whole world that needs to hear that there's a loving God who has made a way. Because the promise is when Jesus returns again and every eye is open, every knee will bow, that there is a judgment that comes at the end as the new heaven and the new earth are ushered in. And whether you like it or not, by virtue of your baptism, God has commissioned you to be a herald of the gospel. To go forth and to let people know about this God who loves us, who made a way. So that when that judgment day comes, they too are ready. That they too have received the mercy and love of Christ that we're here week after week to give thanks for. And a lot of ways we like to sell ourselves short and say, well, I don't know a lot of theology. I don't have the Bible memorized. I can't tell people this. Uh, that's why we have the, the pastor. I didn't sign up for this. But uh, all of those things that we try to say... Um, we can try to, to kid ourselves, but whether we signed up or not, being messengers of the gospel is not an add-on to our Christian life that we can take up if we so desire. As if it's an optional thing that if you, well, if you want this bonus level in your Christian journey, sign up for that. This is the assignment of everybody by virtue of our baptism. And you don't need to be a biblical scholar. You don't need to have a PhD in theology. You need to be able to say, I know Jesus. He gave himself for me. A new way is possible. And a loving God wants you to come back and return to him so you're prepared when he comes again. That you can live in his perfect love forever. That's all you need to be able to say and then say, come and see. And then people should come and hear together we encounter God in the reading of Scripture, in the preaching and teaching, in the sacraments received at the altar. And then again, it's God's job to bring that work to completion. Our job, though, is to say we know this God. We know this love. And with urgency, we need to let other people know because if we don't know the day or the hour, all of creation needs to be prepared for the returning of Christ. And we have a role to get people ready, not only ourselves, but to let the whole world know God loves you and says, come back. A place has been prepared for you. God wants to spend eternity with you. Come, receive, hear. Come, say yes. That's the mission that's been given to us. And I pray that as we continue to move through this Advent season, we will enter into both of those steps of preparation. 
that we'll honestly bring ourselves into the presence of God and let the Spirit do what the Spirit's supposed to do. And don't be afraid of, of what you find because God loves us. And God wants what's best for us, even in that transformation process. And anything that you find, just a news flash, God already knew about it anyway. We just discover it in the process. It's not a surprise to God, like, oh, I didn't know that was there. Uh-oh. You know, it surprises us, but nothing shocks God. And it's even in the midst of our worst, that's precisely when Christ came and gave himself for us. When he draws closer to us, when we're perhaps farthest from him is God's desire. May we hear that Spirit speaking to us during this season and may we pray that the Spirit would empower us with boldness to go and share the love of Jesus, that others might be prepared, that they might know a loving God, and that they too might come and receive his love, mercy, forgiveness, and grace. Let us pray. Most loving and gracious Father, we give you thanks and praise for this day. We thank you for the work of Jesus Christ in our lives and for the power of the Holy Spirit to bring about change and transformation in each of us. May we honestly come into your presence day in and day out. We trust that you will bring to completion the work that you've begun in each of us. And may your words be placed in our hearts and mouths that we might go forth to share your love, to invite others to come and see. May the whole world come to know you. May it receive your love, mercy, and grace. And may our hearts and the hearts of all people be opened and prepared for your return. And we ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.